you're leading the week in pick ball, football picks, so I choose you. Would you pass these out, please? That's the punishment for leading in the football picks. Is you get to pass these out. You won the prize. Thank you, sir. All right, keep in prayer, please, if you would. Several things that are going on this week, just by way of uh, uh, knowledge and prayer and opportunities. Uh, pray for Dan and the fellas as they're out at Word of Life helping out there. Uh, so please keep them in prayer. They're exhausted after moving thousands of pounds worth of uh, wood for burning, uh, which segues into the other announcement. Uh, we have a wood chucking, if you want how much wood would a wood chuck, we have wood chuck day at, uh, at the Parsonage on Saturday, 9 a.m., okay? And the reason for the change, yeah, the reason for the change is Bob Robichaud's funeral is at 2 p.m. on that Saturday. So I, gotta, I wanted to make sure you guys knew about that. Um, at Gracie Free, all right? Uh, the reason they're doing it is they wanted us still to be a part of it and to do the funeral, but they're expecting a larger group of people than our building can handle for the fellowship time and stuff. So a daughter-in-law goes to Gracie Free, and they have a nice brand-new fellowship hall uh, so they said, we want you, Pastor, there to, to do the funeral, but can we use their building? I'm like, whatever you want, guys, it's up to you. It's so, um, but anyway, that means by probably noon on Saturday, we're done because we got to get changed and get ready and get over there. So, um, so if you're interested in that, keep that in prayer. Thank you, kind sir. All right. Um, and then please keep in prayer for those of you who have not heard, and sorry, the information was sort of passed down to uh, throughout the, grapevine and we heard about it in florida and made the call fran passed away on sunday so if you were unaware of that fran uh passed away so keep uh, chet in prayer there's a lot of family dynamic that he's uh dealing with uh so please keep that in prayer and then one other thought is uh, our uh empty pew right there okay uh, i think just about everybody knows who would be sitting right there on a regular sunday morning Remember, I tell you, I do count by, by seats. I can tell who's missing. Uh, but I knew she was going to be missing because Ruth Minch has COVID right now. So uh, she's doing okay, uh, but uh, she's keeping her distance because of, uh, because of that. Uh, and then, of course, Jane and uh, Butch, too, are not feeling well, so keep that in prayer. Um, we've gotten to that climate where if it's not COVID, uh, if you're feeling under the weather and you think you might be fighting with the flu, people are staying away, which I appreciate because uh, I don't necessarily want your germs. Uh, but uh, thank the Lord. Uh, as a whole, he's pretty well protected our, our family here at church from, you know, really tough COVID issues, you know. But uh, if you're feeling crummy, stay home, okay? Uh, so just keep that in prayer. All right, uh, what do we look at? We just handed out uh, a piece of paper, and I, I, I was actually thinking, and Paulette brought it up too today, that... Uh, Dan and the boys are actually visiting Lighthouse Baptist Church, which is exactly where Kim and I visited. Not the same church, but the same name. Um, we were in Florida, and uh, we found this little church uh, called Lighthouse Baptist Church. And when we showed up, it's a, it's a kind of brand, a plant church from another big church down there. And they had about maybe 12, maybe 17 people at the most, not including us. Uh, so when I looked it up, they were of like faith church. They were a church preaching the gospel, doing the work. And we, I figured, why don't we just go and, and add a couple of people to their Sunday morning service? Um, and I began to think about on vacation. I'm on vacation. 
course, it was a working vacation. Thank you for your prayers. By the way, I'll fill you in more details later if I can. Mom and dad are safe. My brother's safe. Family's safe. But the houses took a little hit. Um, so just keep it in prayer. It's going to be repairs for a while, but everybody is at least healthy. Um, but uh, begin to think, why do we go to church? Because, you know, Dan and the boys are in uh, New York. They could just skip church on Sunday, couldn't they? We were down in Florida. The first Sunday we got there, just about everything was closed still because uh, uh, nothing was uh, functioning. But the next Sunday, we could have just skipped out of church. So I begin to think, why is it that we go to church? Right, so I made a list, and it's not an exhaustive list, but just a, a few things to checklist. So as we go through these together, I just wanted to briefly talk about, because... Um, there's a lot of folks that go to church for a social gathering. You know, it's their, it's their place where they meet up with all their friends, and I don't know if you know anybody like that. I mean, I love the fact that we get together here at this church and, uh, and meet with the people we love, but there are some people who go to church, that's the only reason they're there, is because it's a club. Okay, there are other people who go to church to hear gossip and share gossip, and there are other people who go to church because they think they're earning their way to heaven by sitting in a pew. Um, so I began to think about it. There are some people, uh, especially when we were down in the Bible Belt, go to church for entertainment. Okay, uh, These churches down there, they got smoke machines, and basically it's a rock concert on a Sunday morning, and they're going just to find out uh, how we can keep ourselves occupied for a couple of hours and, in, and have fun. Um, and I remember being in a church and uh, youth director, and I think I might have told this story, um, but, uh, you know, working with the youth, and uh, we were doing stuff and talking about activities coming up, and I just happened to sit down in a pew, and two teenagers were sitting right in front of me, and they didn't know I sat down there. They were with their mom, and uh, they're like, oh, well, this is what's on the schedule for next week. And the mom leans over and says, well, if it's not fun, you don't have to do it. That was the pastor's wife. You know, this mentality of if it's something that we're going to enjoy and have fun, then that's worth it. But if not, then it's not. And so I, I just was praying and thinking and talking about it with the Lord and saying, you know, Father, it's good sometimes to step back and remind ourselves why we come. So there's, this is a list here. We're going to just go through it, look up a few things. Um, and if it applies to you, maybe put a check mark next to it. Because there's certain ones of these that may not necessarily apply to you. And maybe just ponder, is this something I'm thinking about when I come to God's house? Because we think maybe, oh, we're going to hear uh, Pastor and Pastor Dan preach. And that's the only reason you're here? Well, there's a lot more. Okay, uh, You can count, if uh, you break down this list, there's probably 26, 28 different reasons from God's word that we ought to be thinking about why we're here. Okay, if it's just a little small list about, you know, well, I do this and that, maybe this list will help remind us about some of the things that we can miss out on if we're not focused on the reason why we're here. Amen? So let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll look at this list. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Lord, being away for a few days reminds me how much I love my family here at our church and how much I miss it. And Lord, visiting another church was great. Seeing other believers is an uplift. Lord, because we know uh, that all around this world there are uh, families of God beaten together who are trying to do the work. But Lord, there's something special about the family that you put us in. And Lord, uh, I'm not just saying that as an emotional thing, 
you say that you put into the body as you see fit. Lord, you add and take away when it is your time. And Father, we're thankful for that. But Lord, we sometimes uh, may get narrow-minded or, or foc- uh, small focus, Lord. And even for me, looking at this, Lord, just pondering at this last week, Lord, just thinking about what are the reasons we come? Why do we get together as a church? And Lord, it's important uh, that we have these things in our forefront because we each have a responsibility and each can draw pleasure and lord uh be available for you in these areas but if we're not thinking about them sometimes they slip our mind so father i just pray just give us a little encouragement and a little reminder this morning so father uh be with uh, chet as he's dealing with family with the loss of fran uh be with those who aren't feeling well ruth with covid and uh lord uh, butch and jane jane being home and dan and the boys uh resting up some sore muscles as they were helping out to out at word of life father i just pray you continue to bless lord thank you for this morning we can be together in jesus name amen so why attend church okay number one first and foremost is god says to okay uh and you hate to pull the uh pull the because i told you so fatherly thing but in hebrews chapter 10 god's real clear about this um he says in verse 25 forsake not the assembling of yourselves together okay god tells us don't forsake it don't leave it behind make sure that you are assembling together okay so god number one says it that should be enough for most of us okay god tells us to that's why we ought to um but while we are here what are some of the other things we should be doing so number one to worship god i think we get that one down Now, please, uh, and I want to qualify this as we're flipping to Ephesians chapter 3. Sometimes we think of worship as singing songs. And that is part of worship, definitely. But that is not all of what worship is. We can worship God in prayer. We can worship God as we're uh, dealing with other brothers and sisters in Christ, as we're rejoicing in what God's doing in them. If we grab somebody and go off and pray, if we just share uh, our testimony of what's gone on this week. How many of you had a good week in the Lord this week? And you can share that with somebody else. That's giving God glory. That's worshiping Him. It is proving His worth. Okay. So again, I just want to make sure because... uh, uh, sometimes i know we do it we say it this way and a lot of churches probably we'll talk about this is sunday school and then next service is worship service like we we can't worship during sunday school that we're only going to worship during worship service and you know that we, th- there's many reasons that we can worship but ephesians chapter 3 verse 21 the bible says unto him be glory in the church by Uh, Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. If there's one place that God ought to be worshipped, it's here. You know, and then what, and you think, oh, pastor, that's, we we all know that. Do you know how many churches nowadays meet and barely talk about God at all? They barely mention Jesus. They want to talk about cultural issues and social issues and political issues and they want to make everybody feel welcome, but they don't spend any time worshiping God. And even if they do, they neuter God down to some sort of uh, ununderstandable force uh, of the universe, and uh, they just completely deny true worship of God. 
and that's something that's important. Um, when people come to this church, they ought to realize that first and foremost, we're worshiping the God that we serve. Amen. This is the place. To Him be glory in the church. When people come here, they ought to realize first and foremost that we're here giving glory to our Heavenly Father. Okay, that's why I just, uh, that song that we just sang, the first couple of words, marvelous message we bring, glorious carol we sing, wonderful words of the king. Okay, that should be our focus, amen? All right, um, to encourage other believers. I don't know about you these days, I could use some encouragement. Okay, this world wants to suck you dry. Okay, and beat you up. But the, the second part of the verse we looked at in Hebrews, um, where it says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, it says, exhorting one another so much the more as we see the day approaching. That we get to encourage one another that Jesus is coming. That day is soon. Okay, uh, Dan has been saying it more than I have in the fact that I don't believe we've got much longer. And that's something we should be celebrating. Okay, we can exhort one another, encourage, give each other a boost, reminding ourselves that it ain't much longer. But what else can we encourage about? I'm telling you, uh, health, finances. Okay, uh, I think all of us have been in financial struggles and realize they come and go, don't they? Sometimes, just like Paul said, you learn how to be abased and you learn how to abound. Okay, in all things that we can be content. We can exhort one another. How about health? Some of y'all have had uh, cancer and God's dealt with your cancer and it's gone. Okay? Isn't it amazing how we can, God has given the, uh, us the ability to encourage one another through all these issues? Man, you know what a, what a funk you can get in, what a personal pity party if you're not around God's people. You get inside your house and you can get the nose bent out of joint and without people there to give you a boost, you can just wallow in that, you know, self-pity. I've been there. How about you? You know, and then either you bump into somebody who God's really blessed, or you bump into somebody who's got it worse off than you, and you think, man, I'm glad I'm not them. We can encourage one another. We're asked to do that. A um, couple other ones. This is pretty straightforward, but we're here to learn God's word. But I put right with that, we're also here to share God's word. And I hope you notice, it is a purposeful thing that we do here at Bethel, reminding ourselves that, okay, so Dan and I right now are the only two people who really stand up in front of the whole congregation and share the, you know, God's word. We're on the schedule, we do that. It's not uh, exclusive to us, you know, but we're the two that God has asked to step up and do that. Well, we're not the only people who share God's word on a Sunday morning, are we? Now, we have to happen to have the floor, okay? This time slot is ours. But how many of you on a daily basis when we get together at church take the opportunity to share something from God's word with one another? I hope you do. Now, remember I told you a checklist of things you could do? So your checklist is, oh, yeah, I hear, come here to learn the word of God. But how many of you come with the purpose of sharing the Word of God? How many of you have read a good verse this week? I won't put you on the spot. Because that means, oh, he's checking if I read my Bible this week. Okay, Maybe you were doing a devotional. Maybe, the word of, maybe you were watching a show or listening to the radio, getting a podcast or something, and God gave you a verse that really touched your heart. 
Do you come into church and say, you know what, God gave me a verse this week that I really love and share it with somebody. It's not just the big mouths that stand up here. Okay, I hate to say that about Dan when he's not here, but we are big mouths. Okay, it's not just us that can share the word of God. When we come to church every Sunday, each and every one of us have the ability to take the word of God and share it with each other. It's not exclusive to us who put a sermon together. If God's touched you with a verse, please, you don't know what that means to me. You know, where Dan and I are, you know, digging in and getting in the Bible and doing what we, and you walk up and say, Pastor, God gave me this verse this week. And I just going, you don't know how much that verse, I need that verse this week. And God had me someplace else, but that verse that you're sharing with me touches my heart so much. Or maybe I know exactly the situation you're going through, and I'm in awe because God led you to the exact verse that you needed this week to to minister to your heart, because he always does, doesn't he? Don't please, don't be afraid when you get here. Be someone who is ready to share God's word. Not just sponge it in, give it out. Amen? Um, Diane, you were going to say something? Yeah, mine's a short book. Learning about myself. Yep. Well, we're going to be talking about that a little bit in next service, that uh, we need to be honest with ourselves. If we're not doing that, we're in trouble. But anyway, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 20, uh, 42, when the first had church had just kicked off, okay, Peter's up there preaching, and uh, day of Pentecost came up, and God finally lends his Holy Spirit and really births the church on this, uh, on this uh, Pentecost. And uh, it tells what they had done in regards to that as a church. And in verse 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. And once God got the church kicked off, they were in the God's word, in doctrine, in prayer. Okay, something, and again, not here to preach the whole thing, but they met house to house every day. This wasn't just something, uh, all right, you know, between 9.30 and 12 on a Sunday morning. This was something that the believers were doing all over, the world, all over Jerusalem. They didn't have a big local church that they went to. Yes, they went to the synagogue. They went here at the, at the day of Pentecost, but they were doing it house to house. Just believers sharing the word of God, praying. Okay, it's important that we understand that it's not just those who have the floor that all of us have the opportunity. Um, Also, uh, growing in faith. Um, A bit of pet peeve of mine, and I don't, again, this is not one of those where we as a church go, oh, pastor, uh, yeah, this is a goal that we're messing up on. I think we all have the goal that we want to grow in our faith. But I say this, you know how many churches around sometimes good, strong Bible-preaching churches, that there's a person who's been saved for 30 years sitting in the pew, and they've sat in that same pew for 30 years and not changed one bit. They're the same person that they've been their whole Christianity. They don't do anything else. They don't, they're stuck in a rut, and they're not growing. So i got to ask you, i got to ask me, are we growing in the Lord, or is this just a, a, another routine that we do every week? Because if we're not moving forward and getting better, uh, had a preacher friend 
used to say, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. Ain't no sitting still. So thank the Lord. I hope you come with the, with the desire to grow more and more every week. That's why that sign is still on the back door. It says, leave changed. Okay, when you come and you hear something from God's word, make it a part of your life. Okay, change, adjust, because we want to be growing. Um, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, right? That you may grow thereby. Okay, that's the goal. You know how, and again, I, I don't want to seem like I'm making judgment calls, but these are testimonies from people who have spoken to me, who have said, I was in church for 25 years, nothing changed, I just went to church until God finally got a hold of my heart and God began to work in my life. But they will admit that they had been there just coasting through, not growing. And if we're not here with the idea of wanting to be better every single day, why are we doing it? Right? Put a check mark next to it. Because if you go, last year in October, how was I? If you haven't moved forward toward the Lord, then maybe we need to think about some things. Okay? Um, also, to disciple others. So we have learning from the word and then sharing the word. We have growing in the Lord and then helping others to grow. Okay, for 2 Timothy 2, 2, one of my personal favorite verses, talks about the things that you have heard of me, commit thou to faithful men that they may be able to teach others also. Are you in a discipling position where You've learned things from, from other believers, and now you're sharing those same things with others so that they can teach somebody else. Okay, it, the, we uh, can't, don't want to break that chain. We want the next generation to be able to say, you know what, I learned it from so-and-so. And, and we have examples right here in this church where somebody discipled someone, and that person discipled someone else, and now the next person's like, who can I teach? Okay. Because it's not just the preacher's job, not just Pastor Dan, Pastor Craig, not just deacon's jobs, it is every believer. Okay, so you get a chance to share God's word on a Sunday morning when we get together, because God's spoken to your heart. But you also should be thinking, who can I be an example to? And that'll be another point, actually, down the list. But who can I actively be involved with to help them to get better? Okay, how many of you have a specialized skill? Okay, I can pick on Joyce. She's amazing sewing and all those things that she, seamstress, whatever you would call it. Seamstress. You know, and you think, I know how to do this. Who can I share that with to pass it on to the next generation? Yeah, yep. Carpentry and things like that. And, and uh, you're just talking to people and say, listen, you know, you want to come work with me? I'll show you the ropes. The reason I, I can be a contractor and a carpenter the way I am, thank the Lord for that, is because somebody said, come here, boy, and said, do it this way, do it that way. And, and taught, you know, it's this master-apprentice kind of attitude of, I have learned something over these years. Let me show you how to do it so it gets passed on, so it doesn't get forgotten. Okay, we were talking about, uh, we were driving in the car the other day talking about going to, um, like, Greenwich Village and, and some of these places where they still do, uh, um, I, uh, what do you call it? Blacksmithing, thank you. She got that. That's my sign, blacksmithing. Uh, blacksmithing and, and, and tanning and all those things that we're losing some of these crafts because 
Nobody's interested in learning the next generation. That it's important that we pass it on. Because if something happens in this crazy world, you might just need somebody who can make you a knife or make you a tool or make you... Because you won't be able to run the machines in the big factories because they won't be running. Okay, we're losing, you know... I'm, Sorry, don't want to get a little doomsday prepper on you, but sometimes we need to think about these things, you know? So if you're passing on something like carpentry or being a seamstress or a blacksmith, how much more important it is to pass on the truth of God's word that we've learned as we've grown? Okay, I've taught my three children how to be adults, okay? Because I didn't want five-year-olds going out into the world not knowing how to do anything. You pass on your the what you've learned so they can be successful adults well we ought to be passing on what we've learned so we can help another christian do better than you are that, that i don't know about you but i always wanted my kids to be able to do better than me okay uh, you know we my wife and i struggled in some of our decisions that we made in younger life in our younger marriage and we kind of encouraged our children don't do this do this okay because we don't want them to struggle wouldn't that be a great goal for a christian to say listen these are some of the things that i've learned in my life some of the pitfalls and the things i've tripped over can i share some things with you because i don't want you to struggle as much as i struggled that's discipleship that's taking your life what you've learned and passing it on to somebody else to help them along that ought to be something what we're doing now remember what i told you put a check in the lesson the, New false teeth, put a check next to it. How many of you come to church for the purpose of discipling? Something to think about, right? We come here, oh, I'm going to listen to the preaching. I'm done. Hey, I'm going to come here because maybe I can share some of the things I've learned in the Lord to help somebody else in the Lord. Go ahead, Joyce. amen amen and that's part of it just taking our lives and saying listen i don't want you to ever struggle with this you know and remember what the apostle paul said follow me as i follow christ i've done this if you learn from me it can help you 
Okay, none of us are perfect, but we can definitely give each other pointers. Every time I talk about this, I can't help think about Dan, because Dan is mechanical. I, I would pay to get my brakes done. I've used this example a million times. I'll continue to use it. He came over one day and said, look, here's how you do brakes. I was like, that's it? Yeah. Now I do my own brakes all the time. Why? He passed on knowledge of something, and I realized I'm spending way more money than I need to be spending on something I can easily do myself. That is discipleship. That is, I've learned something that I can show you, and if you show, now my kids can do brakes. Because I took that and I taught them how to do it. That's what we're talking about. Something as simple as that, that is the concept. I've learned something in the Lord. Can I show you? And that person goes, wow, I never realized it was so simple. And so, you know, and then they can pass that on to the next generation. It's an amazing thing. Um, Strengthening the church. You realize that you being here can add to this body and again, I can go to the Romans chapter and talk about how each one of us are members and each one of us, you know, that the joints between us give us the strength that we have. And when people are missing from God's house, it weakens the body because God puts into this body who he sees fit. So there's people here that, uh, let me try that again. There's people who are not here this morning who we miss because they have special gifts and special abilities that add to this body. And when you're not here and you don't realize that, that God has given you a part here, it, you ever have your leg fall asleep? And then you try to get up and walk around? Okay, you know, imagine that in God's church, that we are here to edify one another. There's certain ones of you, and I won't name it because I, I, I don't want to spoil the surprise, that, that give me extra charge every Sunday when I get here. I mean, you all do, but there are certain ones of you that w- when I see them, it's just like, okay, because that's just our personalities. We click, okay? I love that. And if they're missing, it's like, oh, I miss them. How many of you, and I love you, and I know how it comes out, and it, it may sound, you know, overly gracious, but as soon as I got here this morning, they said, Pastor, we missed you. Thank you, because we're part of one another. Okay? Not like the place doesn't function when I'm not here, but we each have a part. And sometimes, well, I'm not the pastor, you know, I don't do anything special. Yeah, you do. Each one of us strengthen this body. And you may do it in a very unseen in public way, but you still do. And the word here in the verse, and because the word strengthen, I chose that word as opposed to the word edify, because sometimes people think, what do you mean Edify you know, putting an edifice in it, it means building one another up. Okay, and that's what we come here to do. We get to build one another up. The verse uh, in Romans 14, um, yeah, I'm there, 19, says, let us therefore follow after things which make for peace and the things wherewith we may edify one another. We come here because each one of us have the ability to build one another up to strengthen each other, and then that strengthens God's church. Because if we're all members of the same body, we all can't be ears or nose or eyes. We all have our part. And we can Anyway, I'm not preaching. Um, to use your spiritual gifts. If you have the gift of mercy and you don't come to God's house, who are you giving the gift of mercy to? That whole passage about you know mercy and helps and all those things, if God's gifted you with those things, he's gifted you to use it in his body. If you're not at church... So what's your spiritual gift? Well, I don't know, Pastor. Well, that's a whole other sermon. I'm sorry, I can't help you this morning. 
But if you know what your spiritual gift is, you ought to realize that God has put you here so you can use that gift. Use it. Okay? Some of it's prophecy, you know, sharing forth the word of God. You know, there's a, a lot of amazing things there. Uh, here's the one. Remember I told you some of these you may check off, some of them you may not. To, oh no, I'm almost there. One more, <laughs> I'm jumping myself. Um, train, uh, to train to reach the gospel. You know what's amazing? We all know the, the uh, um, Great Commission, right? Matthew 28, 19 through 20, we've probably heard it. It says, go ye and baptize, uh, well, verse 18. Jesus came and spake, and all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Now, who is this written to? Just the preachers? Everybody, thank you. So that this part is for everybody, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Now, thank you, Diane. She gives me a hearty amen. But think about this. If this is written to everybody, then everybody should be able to teach all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Are you ready to teach all things? Now, I'm not ready to teach all things, but I know where to find it. But, you know, sometimes in some churches, and praise God, we're, we're working on this and being good in our church, is, oh, they need, a, they, they need to learn about baptism. Pastor, can you tell them about baptism? They need to learn about the importance of, uh, you know, giving. Pastor, can you tell them about giving? If this writ verse is written to everybody, then when it says everybody ought to be teaching them all things, gives us a goal, doesn't it? So when you come to church, are you ready if somebody says, you know, I don't understand this thing about uh, the Lord's Supper. Are you ready to, Pastor, they need to learn about the Lord's Supper. Tell them that each believer, we ought to be ready. So on a Sunday morning, we go, eh, yeah, get there, let's listen to Pastor preach, or sing a few songs and go home. Or are you ready to disciple? Are you ready to teach? What if somebody comes and asks you the weirdest question? Okay, when, when some of you walk up and will say, uh, come and ask Dan a question, ask my, myself a question afterwards, says, I got a question for you. I go, okay, here we go. Is this going to be a stumper? Okay, and it, sometimes it's a good question. Sometimes it's uh, somebody's, oh, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? You know, something crazy like that. Okay, and you know, sometimes it's like, that, I have to look that up. And I like that. Because we're ought, we ought to be able to teach each other all things. And if there's something we don't know, we know where to find it. Okay, that's the amazing thing. We come together and ask each other questions. You know, I was thinking about this whole thing. You know, I've got an uncle that does such and such, and I don't know what. It, we talk about it, because we get to learn all things together. Amen? I hope that's how you approach God's church, is we're here to help one another, not just to, if you're just going to listen to somebody sharing the word of God, you can sit on your couch and turn on a TV station because there's enough people out there doing it. There's so much more involved with church. Okay, uh, next, of course, strengthen your marriage and train up your children. And that's the one I said you can put a check mark if it affects you, if it's part of you. There are verses, but I put those because that's the family relationship. Number one, here at church is a place to strengthen your marriage. And some of that we'll talk about next service because that's where we are. Um, that because marriage represents Christ in the church and it's an important picture, okay, your marriage and the church function mirror one another. 
and it's important that we understand that and we, we get that picture. But if you're not married, you go, well, how am I supposed to picture my marriage? Well, you're married to the Lord, aren't you? Anyway, uh, that's all another sermon. And then train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Okay, some of you are past the train up the child point in your life. So if this one doesn't apply to you, that's fine. But I am very thankful that there are still people that work in our lower uh, rooms that still train up children. Because my children are fruit of that. You know, they invest every week teaching our children. This is a, play, a good place to do it, church. Okay. Um, of course, to love one another. I think that is, uh, in this world, more necessary than ever is for people to love one another. And some of us, including me, are not as easy to love as others. I won't say I'm not bristly sometimes, a porcupine, you know, pastor, oh, his personality. You know what? We can love one another because Christ loves me. As much of a clown as I am, he looks past my faults and wants me to be the best that I can be, and he loves me unconditionally. And that is a place that's an amazing thing at church. And I know some of you, I've seen it. I want to slap you sometimes too because somebody will do something and and they go, because that personality or that thing that that person did is not exactly what you would do or bugs you. You know what? We shall love for one another because God puts up with all our faults. We can look over at others and go, they ain't perfect, but you know what? I love them because God loves me. In this world today, if you're slightly different than somebody else or have a slightly different belief or a different message, you're hated. That's not supposed to be found in God's family. We may be a little different than one another. We may be a lot different than one another. But we have something special, and that is that love of God which looks past our faults and realizes that each one of us are worth it. Amen? All right. Um, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says, We ought to bear one another's burdens. We come to church not just for a hoot and hallelujah, not just for entertainment and if we like it. Sometimes when we walk in the door, somebody's going to dump a load on us that they've been carrying all week, and we get a chance to share that with them. Like Brother Chet, who just lost Fran, and shares, I just lost my second wife and it's killing me. We need to bear one another's burdens sometimes. I'd love to come to church and say, it's always just happy and joyful. No, Bible says we weep with those who weep and we rejoice with those who rejoice. Sometimes you're going to come here and you're going to help somebody lay a burden at the altar that they haven't been able to let go of yet and you're going to pull that off their shoulders with them. Sometimes it's, it takes a little effort to take care of one another. Again, put a check mark that, next to that one. Are you prepared on a Sunday morning to say somebody here at Bethel might be going through something tough and I could help them. I'm not just coming to hear some preaching and sing some songs. There's many things I can be doing while I'm here. Um, We ought to be taking care of one another. Man, there's so many verses here that I could have looked up about, you know, meeting people's needs and when they're hurting and, you know, not just I'll pray for you, brother, but maybe opening up your wallet, maybe opening up your kitchen, maybe opening up a bedroom, who knows what it might be. Uh, Galatians chapter 2, uh, 6 verse 2, excuse me. And we can hit both of these verses at the same time. 
Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, which we were just talking about, says, As ye have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially those who are of the household of faith. That we're supposed to be gracious and have charity, but it first is most important in God's family. Okay, second one, verse 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. That, that's important that we do that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because these next two fit in there. Next three fit in there, actually. 1 Corinthians 12, number 1. Take care of one another. Verse 25. That there should be no schism in the body, okay, no division, but that members should have the same care one for another. Now, a sermon to preach here, I'm not going to preach it. But you don't just look after the people that you get along with. That We should have care equally across the board for one another. You find, see somebody that's hurting, he says that there shouldn't be any click, there shouldn't be any schism. It's like us, a little group over here, it says that we should have the same care for everybody in the body. And if somebody's hurting, we ought to be aware of that. Uh, down to verse uh, 26a, next verse. Whether one member suffer... All members suffers with it. Sometimes you come to church and you're going to join in somebody else's suffering. How many of times have we had to grab somebody and just shed a tear with them? Or give them a hug them and real, realize the sorrow that they're going through and bear that with them? Uh, also in 25b it says, uh, if one be honored, then all that we get a chance to rejoice with each other. Man, I love it. Go If you get a chance, look at Diane's hooves this morning. She got some new sneakers. She got some new kicks. And she's just walking around going, Pastor, they feel so good. You know what they can do? Good for you. Yeah, it's a pair of sneakers, but we get to rejoice. God blessed her with something or she's not going to be tripping and falling on her face. Okay, we get to rejoice with one another. Amen. Um, Hebrews chapter 24 says we ought to provoke one another. Um, the basis behind that word is cattle prod. Y'all know what a cattle prod is, don't you? Back in the old days, it was a sharp stick. Nowadays, when I was working on the veal barn, helping them to get it rebuilt, it's a taser on a long stick. And when that cow's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, you know what you do. Okay, that's the basis of that word. God says, when you're in a church with brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes you might have to give them a little poke to get them where they're going. Okay, the verse says, uh, what are we, 24? Yep. Consider one another to provoke unto love and unto good works. Sometimes people need a little kick in the pants to provoke one another. Now please don't kick anybody in the pants. Pastor said we could kick somebody in the pants. Okay, no. But sometimes it's like, hey guys, there's things you could be doing. Encourage people to move forward and serve the Lord. We don't want any couch potatoes. Pew potatoes. Anyway. Fellowship with other believers. That we come together and we have opportunity to look people in the eye who understand. Because I know I work with people and you can tell them about things that are going on and they get that blank stare. 
Well, that's nice. But you get to come to church and you connect with people because we're the same family. And remember, fellowship isn't just, uh, we're having a fellowship dinner. Fellowship means fellows in the same ship, you're headed in the same direction, you know you, the same goals, and you get to look somebody in the eye and say, ugh, and they look you back at you and say, uh-huh, ugh, I get it, I understand. There's something special about being able to be with folks who know what you're talking about, know what you're going through, and I better hurry up. Okay, um, last couple, to be a good example to one another. The Apostle Paul, over and over and over in, his, in the Bible, because he wrote so much of the New Testament, talks about, listen, look at my life. Follow me as I follow Christ. I'm trying to be an example. Okay? And he told Timothy, Timothy, be an example. Okay? Over and over, when we come to church, we have the opportunity to live our life in front of somebody to help them out. Because you know what? I'll tell you one thing, and we're seeing it in... Uh, in Ephesians, we saw it, I mean, uh, excuse me, in uh, Malachi, we saw it in Leviticus, that if you're saying one thing, but you're not living the example, it's just hypocrisy. We ought to be living the way we have an opportunity to be an example. Chapter 3, verse 17. Oops, hang on. And this is just one of those verses. He says, brethren, be followers together of me. And mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. So Paul says, listen, follow me as I follow Christ. And those other Christians that you know that are doing it, check them, mark them. Those are the ones you want to be following. Be an example. Okay, which tells me that all of us get a chance to be an example as we grow up. Okay, a couple more and we're done. It keeps us sensitive to sin. Now, this is one we don't always talk about. But, you know, if you and I are living on our own, not hanging around with other brothers and sisters in Christ, oftentimes we can grow numb to sin. In our own lives, the things we see, when we get around other believers and we talk about the things we ought not to be doing, it might remind us of some things that we ought not to be doing. Listen to this verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. It says, but exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We come to church, we're part of one another's lives, so that we're not hardened, we're not, we don't become callous to sin. Because out in this world, you see it so often, it can become something that we get so used to, it doesn't bother us anymore. But when you get around amongst God's people, when we're reminding one another we ought to be living like Christ, it keeps us sensitive to that. If not, if we're just looking at this world, flipping on the tube, the radio, the computer, our cell phones, we get to see so much garbage that sometimes we forget there's some of these things we ought not to be a part of. And being in God's family reminds us of that. We've got to be careful that we don't get hardness towards sin, the deceitfulness of it, that we keep a soft, subtle supple okay conscience that when god pokes us with conviction we feel it okay um last two perform baptisms and the lord's supper <laughs> i had to put that one in there because that's one of the things we come to church to do god's given us two ordinances once a month we share the lord's supper and when we have opportunities we do baptisms that's something we ought to be doing when we get here and last one but not least 
to encourage your pastor. <laughs> okay, uh, and this happens, you know, it, it just so happens that it's written from Paul's standpoint. But it's, how many of you kind of get bummed when certain people don't show up? Come on, be honest. You look across the board and say, oh, I wish they were here today. And then when they do show up, you're like, yeah, they're here. And then when they don't show up, you're like, oh, I wonder how they're doing. Come on, be honest with me. Okay? Um, when you are here, you encourage other people. Okay, listen to what Paul says in Philippians, and then we'll be done. All right. I better be done, because service starts in two minutes. Okay. Um, Philippians chapter 1, right in the beginning, the Apostle Paul says this about the believers there in the church of Philippi. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ, uh, Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think of this of you all, because I have you in my heart, insomuch as both in my bonds and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are partakers of my grace. The Apostle Paul says, I love when I see you because I'm seeing what God's doing in your life. Every time I get a chance, whenever I'm praying for you, whenever I see you, he says that seeing that he who began a good work in you, God, is continuing to perform it. You're growing, you're serving, you're preaching, you're doing all this wonderful thing, and it blesses my heart. That's what Paul says. Well, we get that same thing with one another, don't we? When all of a sudden God does something in our lives and, and, and we're sitting in the background going, ooh, look at them go. Look at what God just did in their life. Look, they got a chance to talk to somebody about the Lord. They got the chance to... That encourages the rest of us. Now, if you don't get one of these, take one of these. hope you've checked off a couple of places on here because if you're just coming to sing a song and listen to somebody stand up here and talk about God's word, you're missing out on so many other ways that God wants each and every one of us to be involved here at church. Amen? All right, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. Lord, this family that you put together, your church, You've designed so many amazing things that we get to be a part of. It's not just getting here to listen to a lecture and maybe uh, sing a couple songs. Father, each one of us get to be involved in a very intimate, intricate way. And uh, Lord, it's, it's just a good reminder and a good checklist that uh, when we're heading here on a Sunday morning, we can remind each other the way we can be used of you. We can say, Lord... There may be a, so many things you can use me today in service in our church. So, Father, thank you. What a blessing. I'll be with those who can't be with us, sick, and uh, the issues that are going on. Father, thank you for the time we can come together and a family of God that you've put us in. In Jesus' name, amen.